Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode seven. We're going to be talking about auto auctions today on Grease and Glamour Podcast. I'm Mark Fierbacher, joined by Aaron Kane, Andrea Montanti, otherwise known as Drea, from here on out. And Jay Lawrence is back with us in studio while we talk today about auto auctions. Before we get going with that, um, I want to uh, tell everybody... uh, Uh, Well, thank everybody for listening to this podcast and subscribing on your favorite podcast um, distribution app, whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the like. Uh, Please subscribe to our podcast, download our episodes, and tell all your friends about the Grease and Glamour podcast. All of your friends. All of your friends. And families. Yep. And all of your Facebook friends, because it would be great sure. if you could share that on Facebook with people and get the word out. We want to uh, grow this podcast organically and um, hope that we get a lot of listeners here, not just in the Rochester area, but all over the country. And the Grease and Glamour podcast is brought to you by Universal Imports of Rochester, sales and service of fine automobiles, import automobiles here in Rochester, New York. Visit us at universalimports.com. Um, and uh, with that, guys, I'm going to be the one with all the answers, and you're going to be the ones with all the questions, it seems like, on today's podcast. We have an awfully high opinion of ourselves today, don't we? <laughs> Auto auctions. I'm just going to be talking. Just says, I'm just going to have all, all the, the answers. answers. <laughs> okay, right on. I can go with that. <laughs> well... Let's see. Who has the auto auction experience here in this room? Aaron's got a little bit. I got bit. some. Not as much as you, but a little. So before we started this podcast, we just got done cleaning up Minute Maid Lemonade from the uh, from the computer, and we're hoping that uh, it has survived. So if this podcast cuts out in the middle, you'll know why. <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> Brought to you by Minute Maid. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be a couple of weeks before we get another podcast going. Right. <laughs> We mm-hmm. might be back to doing it on our phones, like we did the first podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, while, while we're talking about that, let's do another shout out. Shout out uh, to Guitar Center. Ah, Guitar Center. Yes, the fine place for instruments and accoutrement and things like that for audio. Yeah. Go say hi to Jordan. He's here. He's in. Uh, Guitar Center on Jefferson Road here in Rochester, New York. If it wasn't for Jordan, we wouldn't have got such a great deal on these awesome USB Audio Technica mics. Audio Technica, they are great. They take a good stuff. They just take a look, and they're solid USB. um, Good, good universal mics for anybody who's thinking about doing a podcast. These are great mics for them. They are. They're great. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. So, auto auctions. Um, I thought this was going to be an interesting topic because I think a lot of people still don't really understand when I talk to them about finding cars at the auction. Uh, I think that there's not as much as it used to be, but there's still a little bit of a derogatory undertone when you talk about auto auctions. You Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it's no. I think I think there's a common misconception. People think auto auctions, and they think you're getting these kind of used, crummy the cars. The <laughs> underbelly of the auto industry, the dark alley of the auto <laughs> industry. <laughs> um, 
but it's not that the auto auction actually at least at least the auto auctions i've attended have never been that they've always been uh a natural part of a car's you know history lineage whatever you want to call it um it before leasing it was cars that were you know you you bought a brand new car eventually you traded it in usually uh it was older uh and then those dealers that you traded it in traded those cars into they couldn't pile those used cars up so they would have to relieve their inventory they'd take them to these auto auctions and uh and then they'd sell them to other dealers that were looking for vehicles like that and they had a market for them um but where auto auctions really started to boom is when the leasing uh, of, of brand new cars became a big thing in this country. And uh, from there, when lease cars were returned on lease two or three years later, uh, they weren't just going to sit back on that dealer's lot now as a used car to sell, especially with the amount of cars that get leased in this country. So those lease cars now go to auto auction. And there's a, a, a healthy inventory of two, three-year-old vehicles for... But not even two or three years. I mean, I'm the perfect example for that. My car literally had 2,000 miles on it, and yep. you got it at the auction right. 2018. Yeah, because a lot of cars are program cars, demo cars, uh, dealer, you know, salespeople, managers. They'll drive these cars. Sometimes they're, they're loaner cars at a dealership to get people to get interest in a certain model but they've put a few thousand miles on it and so now they can't sell it as a new car anymore necessarily and sometimes the best place then for that vehicle is is at the auto auction um but uh aaron you have some statistics on on like when so one of the big auto auctions in this country that a lot of people have probably heard this name is Mannheim auto auctions and just really quick aaron before you give any type of background on mm -hmm. Mannheim. Well, actually, I'd like to see what your background says, and then I'll interject on it. <laughs> so so I found that uh, so the Mannheim Auto Auction was established in 1945, so it's been going for a long time. Um, it's the Mannheim in the Northeast, um, I shouldn't say North America, is the leading provider of wholesale and other vehicles. Um, there's 145 auctions worldwide and 106 in the U.S. itself. And that's just the Mannheim right. auto auctions. There's also Correct. a bunch of other auto auction houses in the country. And a lot of people also know now. So actually, auto auctions have taken a little bit of a, a different um, turn for people. So, you know, probably 10, 20 years ago, I'd say we could potentially find your car at auto auction. Oh, well, are those cars that were repoed? What, what are those cars? Well, there are those types of auctions, those police auctions and stuff like that, where they have cars that were repossessed or didn't get picked up from the impound and oh, I've never been to one of those auctions by the way and not that there's anything wrong with those auctions that's just not my business but um, but now on TV you know you have all this reality TV and you can watch uh, the Barrett Jackson au auctions any of the any of the big high-end car auctions are, are on TV to watch and and if you look at those on TV they're a little bit more glamorous than the sort of everyday auto auctions like the Mannheim auto auctions but it's essentially that that style it of... is I mean I I watched like the Meacham auctions on TV and it it just seems like it's 
you know, these cars roll in and everybody gets a chance to look at them and you get a, a while on the cars. But while you're actually at the auction, I mean, these cars go so quickly and it's like you have a couple seconds to look at it and boom, boom, boom. It, it I'm goes pretty through. sure that the stress level at an auction would be way too much for myself. Just to hear those auctioneers, how fast they go. I don't know. I'd be missing something. <laughs> it's like a sensory overload. I'm glad that that's your position in this company, Mark, because... <laughs> the cattle rattle is what they call it. So listen, I know absolutely nothing about auctions other than being able to see a sign somewhere on the road and go, hey, there's an auction. Great. What is the process? Is it all the same process? Is it they wheel it in and you have to put your little paddle up and yeah? So uh, um, no matter what car, or is there another auction over there? It's a silent auction. Dun dun dun! It is time for Mark's quick history of auto auctions, which, as we know, isn't going to be quick. I, I, I can hear him putting it, putting music underneath that. Did he just do it? Yeah, he just did it. Okay. There, good. I gotta lay a nice audio trumpet over that. Just a few trumpets. A couple. All right, a couple trumpets. Um, okay, so I, the first time I went to an auto auction was I was 12 years old. I went with my father, uh, and we went to the Mannheim Auto Auction. The reason it's called the Mannheim Auto Auction is the first auction started in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, which is right in the heart of Amish country in uh, Lancaster, or as if you were from that area, Lancaster, uh, PA. And uh, it started as a little, you know, three or four bay garage with a hot dog stand or a very tiny little cafeteria inside. Not very big. In fact, the building wasn't it wasn't any was about half the size of our shop here. And uh, they would have a couple lanes and a car would run through. And back then, back in the you know late 70s, early 80s. Um, what dealers had to work with. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have cell phones even to where they could make phone calls. There was certainly nothing like Carfax or AutoCheck or any of these vehicle history reporting services. So you walked around with the biggest cargo shorts you could find with as many pockets as you could find because you were stuffing NADA books in every pocket that you had um, so that when you saw a car that you liked, you'd whip out this big yellow thick book or the Kelly blue books or the black book, whichever you preferred, and you'd flip through and you'd have to look for the car and try and get an idea of it would tell you what the wholesale price of that car was, it would tell you what the trade-in price was, and it would tell you what the retail price was. And that's all you had to go with. And you had to hope and pray that the car guide was accurate because, you know, things change all the time. And it's not, it, it's not always a guarantee that those numbers are accurate. They were just guidelines. Based on those numbers, you would go, this is what I'm going to pay for that car. And you'd have the auctioneer with the cattle rattle. <laughs> he, hey, you know, I can't do a swing, bada, 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 swing. You know what? Yeah, right? <laughs> $500. I don't even understand them. <laughs> People are like waving like, stuff, and I'm like, what the hell did you say? They're rolling their tongue, yeah. and it, that's the part that's so intimidating. Right. Yeah. What did I just buy that car for? <laughs> yeah, so they're so they're going really fast, uh, and, and it's it's to give the sense of that this is fast-paced. They want it to move along quickly. It, there's a cadence to it. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're saying. It's all very calculated. And then you buy the car, and then you get it back to your shop, and then you look it over and you really hope and pray that you um, bought something that was decent because you also know that, you know, in a matter of 
five minutes you had to look at that car, look up, take that book out of your pocket, flip through, look at what you had to pay for it and buy it. Um, you don't really, you don't really know a whole lot about that car. You're not able to get into under the hood so, so much and, uh, make sure that the engine's not leaking or this, right. that, or the other thing. Now that was back then that was back in the eighties. Um, now it's a, like a whole different animal. So now you have, um, literally when I go to the auction and by the way, we don't even have to go to the auction anymore. We can do everything right out over the computer and it still takes a lot of uh, experience and a lot of expertise to make sure you do the right thing, right, Aaron? You, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Aaron and I have to do a lot of research before we are going to yep. pull the trigger on any car. Uh, even cars that we work with all day long, we are still doing all kinds of things. We're running um, Carfax checks. We're running auto checks. We mm -hmm. are looking at comparables, just like a realtor would look at houses. We're looking at comps and going, what... You know, what are other cars like that one going for? You may find that one car that um, looks like you uh, should sell for $20,000. Well, if it had just this one extra option, could be the difference of $5,000. Um, and that, that happens all the time. Um, so, so is it the same now? They still drive them in? Still drive Thank them you. in. Still have an auctioneer up on the up on the podium he's still doing old style uh fast auctioneering. Cattle calling, auctioneering, yep. yeah. and you know by the way the other thing that's impressive uh at the auction is um the auctioneers are still very hi highly regarded i mean these are these guys are walking around in in fine suits and a tie they're very respectable they're very well received there uh people you know they're an authority there. They are the they're like rock stars. So when you are at an auto auction, the auctioneers are really like rock stars. They have their own tables in the cafeteria. Um, they're all really nice people, but they but but they have there's a there's a sort of a, a thing around them, you know, um, which I think is kind of cool. I, I'm just still getting my head wrapped around that the auto auction is right in the middle of the Amish. They don't even drive cars. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm still trying to think about that. Like, they're it's probably not huge, very happy with these people. Huge uh, facility well, yeah, what's in the going? middle of it's this. In, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And in and out, all you see are horses and buggies. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> you do. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, this is the image I have in my mind is high tech auto. Yeah. And then, oh, here comes the milk, uh, and it's coming right down the street. <laughs> I, I remember buying a Porsche 911, driving out of the auction to gas it up because I was going to drive it home. Of course, I was going to. That car is. I'm. I have to drive that car home. <laughs> right. Oh, it's a have to. <laughs> I pull into the gas station to to fill the to fill the tank, and right next to me in the gas station comes a horse and buggy with a couple Amish guys on there, and they were filling up their kerosene tanks. And uh, I just... they are probably the only people that know less about cars than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, by the way, I saw a picture. I think it, uh, someone's put a picture the other day on Facebook. Of a horse and buggy right here in in uh, might have been like Wayne County or Ontario uh -huh. County, because there's a couple Amish um, communities out that way. Stopped by a cop. Oh jeez, really? Yeah, you improper tagging <laughs> <laughs> or pooping on the road. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, all you gotta do is go to Penyan, right? Yeah, we go down that way, and literally, you're. Wh what did I just run over? Ah. Oh. Yeah, yep. if they have to come out in the lane, like, do they come and clean it? That's yeah. what I want to know. Right. These are the questions I have in yeah. my head. <laughs> right. Like, 
You guys are taking that, you know, listen. We I have honestly to... say, I, pretty, I never thought about where the poop goes. We have, to, we have to clean our oil spills from our cars. Yeah. They should have to clean. Yeah, I don't exactly. think they do. I think they just wait till like, I drive over it. from their horses, right? <laughs> well, you know, it is good luck. Well, I, I don't want that kind of luck, thanks. <laughs> I'm good. But so Mannheim grew from there. So the Mannheim in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, still, it's the biggest auto auction still in the country. It's the hub. But Mannheim has 140, you said? 145 auctions? 145 across worldwide, but 106 just in the U.S. itself. Yeah. So now, do you typically go to just the same the same auction? Uh, no. I've uh, So we buy from many auctions, but um, so fast forwarding from when I'm a kid, hot dog stand, couple, couple lanes, uh, dad's in there working with the NADA books and and doing that sort of thing fast forward you know to like 10 years ago i was at the auction every single week and i would be buying between five and ten cars bringing them up here trying to find what what i thought my customers would want and sell them that way um that was you know when we we were just getting into having carfax and those sort of things phones were getting better we could look some things up online, but Wi-Fi and stuff was still terrible. And in those Amish communities, cell service wasn't great. So it was still really slow to get information on your phone. And so every, so, you know, all these dealers have tried everything, you know, so um, they have these little magnetic uh, tools that you can put on each panel of the car to measure the paint thickness of each panel of the car. Um which will tell you if it's been in an accident. It will tell you if it's been painted, painted. at least, right? Um, I always kind of thought it was funny when some of these dealers are, are putting the magnetic thing on what you obviously could see was a bad paint job, and I just want to go, why waste your time uh, even <laughs> just putting that sure. on? Well, <laughs> it's, it's only different color. <laughs> so that detects like whether there's actual real metal underneath or the the bondo uh, plastic type. It, stuff. it can that, but it's more about uh, a car when it's factory paint is usually around a certain thickness and if it's if it's measuring thicker than that then then you know There's that that's on a, top that's of something right yeah or that's uh you know or if uh, the mega just falls right off after. then well yeah. i guess you know <laughs> <laughs> well it's so that's changing now too because you have all these aluminum and and plastic parts on cars now that you didn't have before so mm -hmm. you can't do that on every single one of them so i never really got into that i you know i've learned uh from body guys over the years how you can really tell paint jobs even good ones and um but now so now come to today um, I, I gotta interrupt you for a second we're still on the quick part right yeah, yeah the, the okay quick history <laughs> the quick right. history now i know we keep interrupting but i just yeah in yeah. fairness you it, are keeping you are interrupting <laughs> it's my fault should this just be a one-man podcast? <laughs> yeah. I'll get through my quick history fast. Well, you did start the podcast by saying you had all the yes. answers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's so good to have friends. <laughs> Somebody else here that sees what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. <laughs> that's why I have my sister here to protect me from you guys. <laughs> Well, she's, um, she's not really protecting you. She's kind of joining in with us. So but. now we go to the auction and we literally can, right with our phone, we can scan the VIN number. And when we scan the VIN number, this is what pops up within seconds. A couple seconds, uh, yeah. A couple seconds. We get the Carfax. We get the auto check. We know how, we know how the rubber is on the, 
on the car tires we you know we know the tire thickness we know if the car's ever been smoked in because the, these are all all these cars that are going to the auction now get these condition reports and the condition reports are all done by third party so the auction usually acting as a third party will do these condition reports and that way they have nothing to gain by you know false advertising this car to be something that it isn't right in fact their whole job is to mediate this deal between the buyer and the seller and that's where they do a great job i have to say to make sure that the car's represented properly um on both sides mm -hmm. um so we can scan the vin we can get all that information all the options that are in the car the vehicle history um now, all of that now let me ask you mark so are you go are you looking ahead of time online yeah so so before you ever go to the auction you already pretty much know what most of the time yeah. unless something will stick out well, you walk by it and you'd be like oh most of the time or, or like I, yeah i can go inside and i can look up on the computer and just look up you know all of the you know audi a6s that are coming in and then i can have all that information so we can go out to them oh, yeah well i probably should paint this picture for you the Mannheim auto auction right now is almost 40 i think it's 40 it's lanes 30, around 36 I 36 think. Yeah. lanes that on any given day you could have all 36 lanes running if all 36 lanes are running and each lane has a car run through every 30 to 45 seconds that's a lot of cars moving mm -hmm. at once um, so back before we had the technology we have now and before I would necessarily be able to know ahead of time what I was going to target, um, I'd be running like a madman from lane 36 down to lane one and then back down to 36 again and uh, everywhere in between to try and find Well, I something. remember back in the day you and Dad always talking about not there were so many cars there you couldn't even find it after, after you bought it. Uh, it's literally taken me... I have spent more time looking for cars after the sale, cars that I bought after the sale, than I spent at the sale. Um, we would walk for hours to find cars. How do you so get them back? That, do you drive them? Picture. We have truck. We have uh, we have transport companies that that transport them back, and only when it's uh, that car that I really. <laughs> needs to get a good workout before it gets back here while well, I drive those mm. back but usually Curious. we have them transported back which that's a whole like y you know when uh, uh, back when uh, President Obama did the cash for clunkers it really um, threw the auto industry into kind of a little bit of a tizzy because it took this natural course of what cars were going to do and it and it flipped it on its side and it it really messed up the whole sort of you know process uh it changed it uh now all these cars that were going to go to auction aren't going to auction because they were these cash for clunkers or they were getting hauled off somewhere else um because those cars you know they didn't they weren't resold those cash for clunkers were you brought them into the place they took them i think god knows where they st stripped out they they stripped out the wiring harness or whatever so they couldn't be run anymore and then i don't know what they did with them recycled them or whatever but it, it messed up sort of just the, the flow and it, and it affected prices of cars and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know. And I mean, the, the process too, I mean, from going to the auction and finding cars is, is really fast too. And I think for, for most of the customers that come in and 
they ask us, you know, if, is it going to take a week? Is it going to take a couple months? I mean, it's all a matter of kind of what car you're looking for, um, what your time frame is. I mean, we can find something really fast um, depending on the what car you're looking for, I mean, too. You, you, you found my car in like three or four days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, we topped that uh, last week. We had a we were Aaron and I had actually went down to the auction for something entirely different, and uh, this car came in that we knew one of our customers was really looking after. I called my customer right there. I was that that car was maybe ten minutes from coming in the auction. I called the customer, gave him all the details of the car. Um, he said, "Let's go for it." We bought the car. We drove it up that evening. I went to bed. I got up at six in the morning, got it to the car wash, brought it in here, had one of the technicians come in early on Saturday morning. We inspected it, checked it over, got it all ready. I did the detailing on it and got all the paperwork done. Aaron and the car on the way back to Rochester got uh, all of the registration stuff and insurance stuff handled. Mm -hmm. And we delivered the car 12 hours. um, It was like 12 or 14 hours (laughs) after we bought it. Uh, and we slept in between. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. I mean, yeah, I, I was surprised at three or four days and it was really the car we wanted to mm-hmm. had everything. Yeah. So it's, uh, so really what I tell people is, um, what we have now, uh, aside from a failure to communicate, which was, <laughs> why did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> it just felt right. No, but what we, what we have now is literally this virtual showroom that, I don't even feel like I have to have X amount of cars on the lot here to offer to people when most of our customers come in and say, wow, I love that white Mercedes you have out there, but I wish it were black. It could be. And then I say, step into my office (laughs) because we'll get you a black one. Um, You know, uh, so we have all of this available to us all the time. In fact, there was... There's a lot of different kind of car places that have come and go uh, that have tried to, uh, you know, use the auction as part of their marketing. The thing is this, is that you just have to be very, everything, in my opinion, has to be straightforward. And I don't think that you should really use gimmicks and that kind of thing. So it's really just a matter of our customers come in, we say, we can find you that car. This is how we find it. We have this auto auction network. But not only is it the auto auctions, we also, through the auto auctions, have established all these great relationships with auto dealers. So um, we have lots of resources where to find cars, but the auto auction is a great resource. It is really a place where we can buy cars extremely secure. Uh, secure. We can buy cars extremely secure i don't know i'm probably not saying that right um and know the history and know what we're getting into and and know everything about it and these cars are still under warranty and we can do the certified pre-owned on them just like a dealer can and uh it's the best part of my job is a customer coming in and saying like my sister i mean she when she was ready for her car she had a specific vision she knew what she wanted color wise she knew what car she wanted and uh i just I, have to always make sure that my timing's right because when i tell my brother what i'm looking at i know it's happening quick <laughs> yeah you gotta be ready uh, yeah. ready with the I checkbook because really within be two days. because bark is on it aaron how many times has a customer 
uh, said they're looking for something, but they're wait, they want to wait like maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And we purposely will not, we will force ourselves not, not to, look to look now. Because yep. if we look now, we're going to find it and we're going to call them and go, it's here. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> a lot. I know. It's <laughs> I know that so I we actually it. have to show some restraint sometimes. We do. Well, because, that. you know, you've got this trained eye for the right thing. And, I mean, do you remember back in the day when you used to have a driver stick their nose in the car oh, to yeah. make sure that it wasn't a smoking car oh, yeah. or yep. wasn't, you know, the, the, the leather looked good in it? And now you just, you run across this perfect car and you know the person would love it, but they aren't ready. So well, you got to just. Yeah, I mean, and I can tell you that the, the, the only thing for us, and it worked out absolutely spectacular, is we were looking for a black and this one came in at more of a midnight blue, some type of really darker. Oh man, it was even better looking. Mm-hmm. It was, but it was the car. But it was like within three days. Yeah. But I think one of the things that for us that actually took that because I don't want people to think that there's this there's this pressure to you know to, to get it is that one of the greatest things was, yep, come in take a look at it, Jay. If you like it, and that's what you want, great. If not. Don't even worry about it. Right. Right. Because right. we're yeah. going to be able to put it up and, and, and we're going to be able to sell. So I don't want you to feel. So I so to me, I got the perfect car without the hassle or yep. th- thinking I had to I had to buy it. You know, I mean, I did. As, as yeah. soon as we well, saw it, we were I like. I have to tell you some of the best compliments that I hear is that people say their car buying experience is so nice here because mm-hmm. they aren't pressured and everybody's on it. Yeah, absolutely. And on their timeline, and I should say that this this podcast, like all of our podcasts, is not meant to be a Universal Imports advertisement. However, it's kind of hard for it not to be because we're talking about what we know and how we do it, and not every place well, will do it the same way. That. I, I think people should 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 know that if they're dealing with a car dealer and it's anywhere else in the country or anywhere else, else around, and they're not de- doing it like this. Find another place because there probably is a place yeah, that's doing it the, the right way. The, my you know? I my mean, that, rule that, that's of thumb, and I this is this is the best way I can relay this to customers. My rule of thumb is, I am not going to buy a car for them that I wouldn't be one hundred percent happy with owning myself or having here to sell to someone else. Now, there are instances; they don't come up that often where someone's looking for some really crazy car that or color or something that zero other people would want <laughs> like the delorean <laughs> mark could you give me a delorean please yeah well so 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 i was listening to the adam carolla show uh, a couple weeks ago and adam was talking about um you know a couple of his now he he deals in some really high-end cars he's got a couple really sweet rides and, and he really knows his cars, but he uh, he walked into this dealership, and I, I don't know, it might have been Jaguar or, or something like that, but or Aston Martin or something. But they are coming out with this new model, and they told him just like we tell customers, you can or, you know, put your money down to order it. And we, by the way, we don't do that. We don't we don't get deposits or anything on stuff. But this was a brand new, you know, probably four or five hundred thousand dollar car or something like that and they said oh just put your you know ten thousand dollar deposit down and when it comes in you've reserved a spot on the list but you don't have to you can decide not to you can walk away from it if you want 
Um, and he's like, well, I got nothing to lose. So he goes into the dealership and he's ready to to get on the list. And so he's going through the book of all the different color options that he can pick to make this car. And he chooses British race this British racing green with this red interior. Oh. And they said, yeah, so that's about the only one that we can't give you your money back <laughs> if you're not going to take it. Well, as you're saying the green, I'm like, well, okay, here we go. That's a that's a one-off. Yeah. Nobody else is going to buy that thing. Yeah, especially if it's got a, a red interior. But, like, I, I could appreciate buying something crazy like that if you're going to buy a car like that. Like, I like... I like colors and uniqueness. And even if the colors don't necessarily normally go together, I think that stuff is kind of cool. I don't know. It's always like relationships, you know, and people say, oh, how's that relationship? It's unique. (laughs) It's unique. unique. Mm, It's different. Um, Wait, what do they say on on Facebook? It's complicated? (laughs) Yeah. It's complicated, I've been married for 20 years, so I changed my status from it's complicated to don't do that. Don't even do it on accident. It will really be complicated. No. We'll be down to two or three people doing this, and you will not be the guy with all the answers because well, you won't be here. Like a couple of years ago, I went to – so I should be much more savvy with social media than I am. I mean, here we are being innovative, doing podcasting and all this kind of stuff. But I go on Facebook, and I wanted to, like, do a, a announce our anniversary. It was like our 18-year anniversary at the time. Oh, you botched that one. I did because I somehow put on there that that's the day I got married. So, like, I had, like, 100 or 200 comments going. Happy um, anniversary. No, no. They were going, when did you just get remarried? What? Oh, Oh, that's Because it showed that I just got (laughs) married. And they're like, oh, did you and Lisa renew your vows or anything? I'm like, no, we didn't do any of that. But so, yeah, Yeah, I don't know how that happens. Yeah, just be careful. So, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, but not that long ago, you posted a picture of you and your wife on your anniversary from one of those memory posts, you know, like yeah. a, a memory from three years ago or something. But I don't think you took it on your anniversary. And I remember just a ton of people wishing you a happy anniversary. Yes, and it wasn't yes, so I not even close. Uh-huh. So I don't really understand what I'm doing. <laughs> I think I need to go back to social media <laughs> school. No, you just stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, that's why we have kids, right? They're, they're the right, ones they that can do it. Yes. There it is. Oh, um, well, speaking of something I learned, I, I and I actually learned this with your wife. So people take selfies with their phone, and I could just never figure out how their fingers could maneuver getting to the button. Yeah, I just learned there's a button on the side. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew nothing about it. <laughs> so if you have your phone and you do a selfie, so you put the camera forward facing. Mm-hmm. The volume and up button is a selfie button. No, it just turned my phone off. Yeah, you got to do the other. It's the other side. The volume. It's the other button. The other volume up. Well, you also have to do it where you're angled down, right? And you so have to do you, the lips. Makes you, you look thinner oh. and everything. You but do if the our lip listeners thing. can oh. see this right now, <laughs> if, if you could do, yeah. but see, it doesn't make me look. <laughs> it doesn't make me look thinner. It just makes my forehead look bigger. Yeah, uh, or is that just my receding? That's just the receding hairline, Mark. That's okay. There's a learning curve. Yeah. Selfies, but so so about things that you never knew. I saw this on Facebook. This quickly went from auto auctions to Facebook. But that's okay. Quick history. Yeah, we're still in Mark's quick history. We're just taking a break. So on the bottom of the staplers, in the rubber part of the bottom of most staplers, you know, you see all these lines in there. We never pay any attention, right? You always rip it off. Well, that's where actually Staples yeah, went. I found that out the other yeah. day, too. I looked yeah. at it and I went, man, I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> like, I can't tell you how many things. That's the only thing about, you know, today's day yeah. and age. I just realized how <laughs> dumb I am. Like, right. how did I not know that? Well, uh, I might have one for you guys that you don't know, maybe. Takeout, Chinese takeout boxes. Uh-huh. If you unfold them, it's a plate. I heard it that. Is. Oh. I've never it is. tested it, but I, I haven't heard either. That. My son showed me. Yep. Huh. So you everybody always right? eats out of the takeout boxes, but if you just if you like, you open it up, open it up, it it's a plate. It's a, full it's a plate. paper plate. Yep. Interesting. I'm going to have to have takeout now. You're so having I but be careful. Yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. yeah we but are. But be careful because you're going to pull it apart and like it's I did, go and it went all over. <laughs> I had to go get another one. It didn't plate so well, I guess. <laughs> so, all right, back to back to the uh, back to now. We're right? reeling so, it back in, people. We're reeling it back yeah, well, in. So, um. Here's what's great now. I don't have to go to the auction hardly at all. I do most of it right from my desk. Because these condition reports that the auction provides, high quality, high res pictures, um, the fact that Aaron and I have been working with so many of these different dealers and leasing companies Mm -hmm. like BMW, Audi, Mercedes for so long, and we have relationships with them. We can look at the stuff right on our computer and we can bid in real time on simulcast video streaming, um, which is great. It has saved us a ton of time of travel. Travel um, money to go back and forth. Travel money that. to go That's back great. and forth. I mean, there, you know, it, it, I don't even agree with the term anymore. And I used to fight this. I mean, there's, I think every auto dealer had this moment where they were fighting it and fighting it and going, well, I still have to go to the auction because there's nothing like touching and feeling the car before you buy it and all of that kind of thing. And the way the technology is now, it truly is a virtual showroom. It truly is. I can find everything I need to know about a car. I can do even more research at my desk about a different model, about different options, about this color sells for more money than that color does. All of these kinds of things are, are just there. So what Aaron and I are doing day in and day out is we're research, we're just researching a, a specific car. And so what we're doing for our customer is going, you know what? Come to us with what you think you generally want. Give us that information. And that's what we're going to look for. And some people come in with a very specific model. I know I want this year. I know I want this model, this Mm -hmm. make, all that. But other people are like, you know, I just want a crossover. It's got to have, I want something that is known for comfortable seats, or I want something that has a really good all-wheel drive, or doesn't eat tires, or comes in this special color, or whatever. And that's when Aaron and I go to work to go, well, here's like the three or four cars that fit kind of what you're what well, so you're now looking here's the question to. what's more fun for you somebody who comes in with a you give me the ideas or somebody who comes in with the specific idea i think i kind of like them both the same and they're different so there's that challenge in finding exactly that car that someone mm-hmm. said they wanted but there's also that cool thing of being able to help them come up with the car that yeah, they want. And, and doing the research too if somebody says well I have no idea really what I want but I kind of want an SUV I want a crossover I want this and this and so we get to do the research and figure out okay well this is the best car or this is a great car you should be in and or that was a great year these two years yeah was great yeah, the best and, year where they yep. don't change and well, people yeah, may not have of thought that. of that there's do you two find that. that you are still learning things uh, every yeah. single oh, yeah. day I even still learn things on the cars that I 
no thought I knew everything about. I mean, there's there's so many cars where it's like packages, and it's like you don't yep. know what comes on what package, and, and just I'm just figuring thinking you'd like out. to go to more auctions if it was like an Aruba. I yeah. mean, really, right? No, because no, because now you gotta go. In Aruba. Well, there's there, a Mannheim there, in Hawaii. There is definitely a Mannheim, Hawaii. Yep. The only problem is I, I can't find I'll a trucker there. that'll <laughs> pick the cars up. There. Oh, just learn there, Mark. They just gotta go. Like she says, just go and learn. I'll go there. I just think you know, probably the problem is, I mean, really, you got Mannheim, and there, it's it's surrounded by the Amish. There's there's nothing but else down there. But that's just the one. So we also go. To, there's there's uh, there's two Mannheim auto auctions right by New York City. There's one. In Albany, there's and then that's just Mannheim. There's other auction mm-hmm. houses. There's Odessa. There's and there's a million. Um, there's even like family-owned auto auctions, just like there are family-owned car dealerships like Universal Imports. Quick plug. Um, there are also. There's nothing quick about the plug. <laughs> there are also family-owned auto auctions, even. Um, that's uh, great. around still yeah. so there's lots of lots of really cool resources for us out there and I, and I think that it is uh, interesting for people to know kind of what it's all about they hear it they hear the terminology uh, a lot of people don't 100% understand it some people still have that image of you know <laughs> those no, repo I had no cars clue. I had no accident clue cars and that kind of thing and other people might have that oh like you know Meacham or Barrett Jackson or or those kind of auctions and and the auctions that most cars by the way almost every single car at some point in its life will have been bought and sold at an auto auction yeah uh, see i always thought that the, you know when you got to the dealer she turned your car and they just put it they just drove it out back and said here's the lot yeah that's <laughs> not true is it no, no. <laughs> not at all well. and i i think for for a lot of people that come in and they're they're looking for cars. They don't know the process. And, you know, one of the big questions I get is, what if I don't like the car? And, you know, you have to kind of explain the, the process to everybody and, you know, let them know that it's, you know, if we get the car here and you don't like it, you know, right. it's it's not it's like you have to put a deposit. And right. Again, it goes back to the But I got to think you're probably right 97, 98% of the it's, time. It's closer it's to 99% yeah. of the time, not to put any pressure on anybody, but... Um, oh, I'm going to change it up next time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask just for to, one. Just for the best I'm going to say, go, listen, uh, yeah, the mileage, no, 12,122, that's it. Very rarely have we... You know, it, it is actually... It, it, nothing ever... Nothing surprises me because, you, you know, when you have been doing any particular thing long enough, you've seen everything. Um, I remember... Uh, this is a story I, I tell quite often because it's it's just one that always sticks out in my head i was it was very early on in my career doing this and i was my father had let me loose going to the auction by myself this was like maybe my first or second time going to the auction um at that time we were buying onesies twosies you know buying a couple cars maybe uh at a time and this audi came in and it was it it was coming down the lane and it was beautiful and this was you know going back to the day of the having having all the books shoved in our pants and having to look through the books no internet none of that so i'm doing all my due diligence looking it up looking the car over trying to check the paint uh look at the options get all that it comes in the lane, as I mentioned, 30 seconds. 30 seconds from the 
from the start of that car's auction to the hammer falling. Um, I buy the car. Blood's going. I'm excited. It's it's adrenaline. It's like, yes, I did it. I call my father. I'm so excited. I, oh, dad, his car is great. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm so happy. He's so happy for me. I walk up to the car. And as I'm walking up, I can't believe my eyes. It doesn't have a sunroof. Now, back then, if a car didn't have a sunroof, it was like a kiss of death. Because if you were buying an Audi, a high-end Audi A6, and there was no sunroof sunroof. in it, when 99% of all the other ones had a sunroof in it, Mm -hmm. now it just went from buying what I thought was a tremendous car to, uh, whoopsie, (laughs) (laughs) call call dad back, dad, uh, you know, I don't even know how to tell you this, and I was, I was really devastated, and he was really cool about it, and he's like, you know what, someone will buy it. He was so calm, cool, and level-headed about it, and he just clearly said, someone will buy it. And I wasn't so sure. And I, at that point, I just thought to myself, well, my dad's just going easy on me. But he's probably hanging up the phone, shaking his head, going, Ugh, kids, you know. Well, I get the car up here, put it out, get it all cleaned up, checked over, get it out on the front lawn. I mean, this is probably like 1989, something like that, 1990, something like that. Um, get the car out on the front lawn. It's the next Saturday morning. I'm working in service. This lady comes in. She says, I'd, li- I'd like to look at your Audi, a- your Audi. Um, I'm not, yeah, I guess it was an A6 or, or 100 or 200, but go out to the car. I'm showing her that car. It is a, it is literally, I've opened my mouth. I've taken a deep breath to exert out. This car is great, ma'am, but it doesn't have a sunroof. I was like, I wanted to like just confront it head on. I didn't even want Get her to see with. that it didn't have a sunroof. I just wanted to belt it out and say, this car is great, but it doesn't have a sunroof. And before I could even start saying that, she says, oh my gosh, I got to get my husband down here. This car doesn't have a sunroof and he's six foot four and every car with a sunroof doesn't have enough headroom for him. There you go. Wow. She's still, her and her husband are still customers here today. It's 2018. So it just shows you that, you know, my my father's wisdom then was there's always going to be somebody that will find that, like, acceptable or okay. Or even in this case, that was exactly what they needed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So now... I make sure every, <laughs> I look at the sunroof on every single car. <laughs> I mean, you know, 30 years later, I look, I really, I do. Well, that's I'm like, the expertise oh, part of what you learn and, and what you know it's now. It's just one of those things that stick gotta, with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Great lessons. But um, one of the things that I also wanted to talk about on this podcast about auto auctions that is a little bit of a danger, and that is we talk about this stuff and it gives people the wrong idea it makes there's a lot of people out there that have went and got their dealer license thinking oh i can just go to auctions and i can just go buy cars like a dealer does and they can uh there are ways you can get your dealer license and you could go do this and it'd be like anything else that seems really easy on paper and you if you have no idea what you're doing you are going to wind up costing yourself and all the people that you try to sell cars to a lot of money 
because there's a lot that you need to know to do this the right way. And therefore, it's important to tell people out there that you have to watch out for these people. They're called curb stoners. Uh, if you've ever heard that term, curb stoning. Nope. Learning something new again today. <laughs> Dre, have you ever heard of curb stoning? So. so curb stoning is when uh, somebody gets their dealer license and they... <coughs> Excuse me. You have to edit that, Mark. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> when at 48 minutes. Okay. Uh, curb stoning is when somebody gets their dealer license, buys cars sells them on their front lawn or sticks them in Craigslist or puts them online somehow, sells them as a private seller. As is. As is. What they're doing is they are trying to get the benefits that a that a facility, you know, a, an established business has or trying to get the advantages of an established business without any of the consequences, without any of the having to offer a warranty without any of any of the things that as a as a business we would be offering a customer security on so um, this happens a lot you you will see cars that are on the side of the road with for sale signs on them and they could very possibly be that person's private car that they're selling and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but if they're people that have their dealer license and they're going down and buying cars at auction and they're selling them on their front lawn that is illegal uh and it's also something that you know if you're unaware you're you're buying into something well, where someone's going to make a lot of money and has no recourse to you because you're buying it from a private seller mm -hmm. i just think people probably have that in in their head they just think well if it's a private seller it's going to be cheaper it's going to be less expensive oh, and Yep. And, and, and that's where it goes to. But I think the reality is that's not always true. No. And then, like, I, I want someplace to have my back. Like, if this thing falls apart eight days after I buy it, yep. exactly. you're going back to that. The guy moved. Yep. He's not in that same house anymore. Yeah. He's somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, by it. the way, curb stoning became really big when eBay became really big. Because if you think about it, that was a way for... People to go, hey, I'll go get my dealer license. I'll go buy and some cars, and then the I'll go th yeah. throw them on eBay and sell them that way. And that's where it gets dangerous. And that, and that's really what's unfortunate is that it's those kinds of things. And you know, it it doesn't take a it doesn't take many bad apples to ruin a bunch, right? right? Mm -hmm. And that's in this industry what we deal with all the time is that you always are going to have people out there that are going to try and find ways and workarounds of the right way and it's important for people to you know if you go to a big franchise dealer you know you're going to be uh at the very least you're dealing with a, a a reputable company or somebody that has something to lose if they don't take care of you properly right. and you have a voice right whether that's on google or anywhere else you have a voice um with these types of people you don't have a voice um with a place like us we want to be that sort of we want to be that place that provides you every service that you need for your car without you feeling like you have to pay a mint for it. Right. Um, well, and the other thing, too, is is when you come to a, a company who it's just like anything. It, it could be cars. It could be jewelry. It could be anything. You want to buy it from somebody who knows what they're talking about. And 
Aaron, how many times have you sat with a customer and gone over every little thing in the car and you're learning it as well, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, a lot of times you have to learn it too, but you know, you buy it on the side of the road, you're not gonna get that education with it as well. Right, or, or anybody to stand behind it and, and, and really understand it. I mean, you know, there's lots of people out there that know a lot about cars, I am not one of them. So for me, I, you know, I, I need that place, which happens to be here, that says, listen, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'd like to do because I, I respect you and I respect that knowledge base that you guys have here and what you bring to the table. So for me, could I have bought my car cheaper? Oh, maybe. Probably not, though, because I wouldn't even know where to look for the darn thing, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, that becomes that thing where right. you're like. It's it's putting all the pieces together. Absolutely. Right? It's the, not just the, that one piece. The cost, the uh, the the ability to stand behind the car after the fact. Um, are this Is this place going to still have their lights on in another year or yeah. two years or ten years or whatever? I don't know. I kind of want to go to an auction now, just not because I want to buy I, I'll buy it with your money, but yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be more than happy. Yeah, because I just want to raise my it's, hand and go, yeah, I'll be bought it. Oh, it's fun yeah, and crazy. Yeah, and... by the way, you know, there, there are techniques to buying at auction. And I, I can, so, I've learned, Mark has told me, just keep your hands in your pocket or arms so crossed. Don't, don't move your, your hands. Like, but that's not the wrong yeah, way. So, or... so, uh, there are different techniques when you're buying something at any auctions, whether it's a car auction or uh, just last Sunday yeah. we were at a fundraiser and they they actually had an an auctioneer, an estate auctioneer, come in to to auction off stuff. And I mean that's just more fun stuff. And would you accidentally buy anything? I bought a cake. I bought it, and bought we ate line. half of it. <laughs> did you mean to buy? It? I did. Mean okay, to buy it. I did um, mean to do it. Uh, but there are some times where you want to be very inconspicuous of your bids. You don't you you want to give the appearance that no one else is bidding on it. Um, you know, there people have heard of like shill bidding and that kind of thing, where there's another person uh, in. So, and this is in any auction, not just an auto auction, but shill bidding is where there's someone that's kind of on the inside of this thing that's being sold, and they're bidding it up against someone else they have no intention on buying it they're just trying to keep the bids going up so they're actually putting in bids just to raise the just to keep the bid going up and that's shill bidding and that's a that's you know also a real sketchy i'm not sure if it's illegal or if, or, or probably isn't in, in some in some uh forums possibly auto auctions I don't. I don't. I've never really seen it go on, so I don't know. But I know that it, shill bidding is is something that exists. I think you should put the Amish in charge. They won't shill bid. <laughs> they won't shill bid. <laughs> I'm just saying, utilize what you got there. But yeah. put them in but, charge. It's but not, you they're have, not going to allow that. But you do have uh, people that bid in certain ways. There's there's people that will scratch their nose. There's a person that'll tip their hat. There's a guy that'll wink. Um, there's all these different kinds of ways that you. Can bid that winking, that, that winking that, thing. By the way, when he did it, just creeped me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I actually was doing those he was things. Actually, like he was actually winking, looking right at me, and I was like, "Well, there what isn't is a your... tell because it, it's different every time, depending on what I'm trying to establish." There have been cars that I've wanted so badly that my tactic was not to be inconspicuous, but to be very conspicuous. So I would march into that lane as if I had already bought the thing. To try and, in a way, sort of psych any other buyer out. Intimidate these people. Well, like to, I'm getting. Well, this, to say, no listen, you can waste your time and bid me up all you want. 
this car is going home with me in hopes, and I'm not sure if it ever worked, but in hopes that they'll be like, oh, this guy really wants this car, and I'm Just not as yeah. I'm not as enthusiastic <laughs> about it, so I'm just going to walk away. And I think that it may have helped a couple times. You know, we've there's all kind there's all kinds of things that you can do to to just make it known to other potential buyers that you're going after that car. Um, so it you're depends. like standing up and going, "Hey, everybody, I'm going after that yeah. car." Oh yeah, I mean, just I've letting you all I've, know. Just clue you all. Know, <laughs> you all in. I've I've gone in the lane with my arms up, flailing. Uh, oh, I want to go to one of these things. <laughs> You know, and buy it again with your and, money. Not and mine. there's times when the auctioneer even knows who you are, and they kind of know just even if you're just looking at them that you're in on it, that you're in on buying that car. You don't even have to make necessarily a move. If you walk away, he knows you're you're done. But if you're still there and you're looking at him, he he knows you're in on it. I still want to know what your thing is. Do you wink? Do you twitch your nose? Do you? No, I just kind of nod. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think I just kind of nod. Shake it up next time. Do something completely different. I do like one of those baseball things where it's like, you know, like <laughs> slap yeah. my face you know at times, twitch my nose. Do a duck face to him. No, don't do it. They'll throw selfie. you out. <laughs> they'll be like, is that guy winking and duck facing me? You got to go. You might not be able to go back. And you want to be able to go back, so I wouldn't do that. So, so auto auctions today, 2018, are run in a very similar fashion than they've always been run, and that is, car comes through the lane and there's an auctioneer up on that on that podium and he is doing the cattle rattle and he is going through and it's about 30 you know 30 seconds 45 seconds per car and then they and then they are out uh and they're still bidding on that car when the next one comes in and and it's fast paced it's awesome it's a lot of fun it's fast paced when you're there it's even fast paced when you're doing it on the computer um although it's a slightly more controlled and it's you know uh it's different. I like I like both. I still like going to the auction, but I also like the flexibility. No, of I'm in the next one. To be here. I want to go. Yeah, I got to see this happen. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and it's very it's a great way to buy cars. It's it's a what I think is important, and why I thought this podcast would be cool is that the thing at Universal Imports we really are all about is transparency. Uh, when it comes to service on our cars, if a customer comes in, we want to walk them back in the shop. We want them to know the technicians who are working on their car. A lot of our customers know the technicians' names. We want them to be able to go right to that guy and, and ask some questions if the service advisor can't answer them. Um, we want to show them the parts that are bad on their car. We, we, we feel, obviously, that the more educated a customer is, the better off it is for all of us. It's easier for us to sell. It's easy. It's easier for them to, you know, appreciate and understand what they're buying. Uh, and that's no different with car sales. So why not talk about the auto auction and the ins and outs of how it works and what we deal with when we are looking at these cars? And what really we're here to tell you is that um, the auto auction industry in this country is really great. Uh, Mannheim Auto Auctions, Odessa Auto Auctions have done a tremendous job in in really making sure that people are buying the cars they think they're buying. Uh, it comes at a cost. I mean, the, it's not it's not cheap to buy cars at auctions. They charge you a good amount of money. 
Um, but they're providing a great service, and that is they're acting and the as the a middleman. Yeah, and in the end of the day, your customers are getting exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with right. it. I, I mean, I'm okay with paying that money because everything that can ensure the, the safety of that purchase, meaning eliminating any unknowns, uh, knowing that if the car isn't what it was described, I have recourse back to somebody else. Those things mean so much to me. And they mean so much to our customers. We don't ever have to put our customers in a spot of saying, well, you have to take this car if we buy it for you. This gives us the flexibility to go, hey, we're going to buy it. You drive it. If you love it, awesome. That's what our hope is, and it's going to be great. But if it's not exactly what you're looking for, no, no problem. problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, we have such a high success rate. It very rarely, uh, almost never doesn't work out. It's um, awesome. So, I mean, that's that's auto auctions. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have any other questions about auto auctions, you can feel free to uh, email me, mark at universalimports.com. Or, or ekane at universalimports.com. If you have any questions about the process, you want to go over it individually with something you're looking for, please let us know. Yeah, we'll, we'll even actually pull cars up that are at the auction. We can show you pictures from the auction. I, I have no problem in doing that. I do that with customers all the time. We'll go, hey, I'll call a customer in and go, hey, here's, I'll, I'll warn them, not all these pictures are glam shots because they are more for dealers than they are, you know, to try and sell a car in a showroom. They're the real thing. They yeah, don't have the but we're going, hey, yeah, right. Out. Sometimes yeah. the cars, you know. Colored lights. And stuff. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah, they mesmerize you into yeah. buying the car. Exactly. These beautiful so, lights. Um, we'll do that. But if, if anybody has any questions on, um, on auto auctions, they want Ask answered. Ask Mark because he has all the answers. <laughs> He's more than happy to tell you he does too. <laughs> um, and uh, and of course, if you're interested in purchasing a car from us, we would love to hear from you uh, because that would just be great for us to show you in 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 a real world scenario how this all works and how we will find you your next car. And although this wasn't meant to be a uh, a one hour long uh, Universal Imports advertisement, it sort of turned into it. But I think it was also. Um, I think it had a lot of meat in there for people to to understand a little bit into little, the world. Hey, listen, I, I learned a lot more about auctions. I, I had no idea how they yeah. were run, what they were doing. Yeah, I, all these I, lanes, I, thirty seconds. Like what? I'm still on that. I take it for well, granted. Well, actually, I'm still on the Amish thing. I, <laughs> I know. You can't, well, get I, I can't, I can't get over that. I can't get over that. Like this huge facility. When you're done in this huge facility, when you're done buying all day long, you go into the cafeteria and guess who runs the cafeteria? Oh, I know exactly who's running it. The it's Amish. the Amish. Yep. Oh, yeah. So and maybe I'll they are running what, the auction. You just food. don't know it. The Salisbury steak and mashed potatoes at the end of a hard day of buying cars is pretty rewarding. Salisbury steak. <laughs> but I'm not talking about the microwavable sales. I'm talking right, about the talking real deal Salisbury steak. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, listen, the, the Amish have incredible food. They're incredible workmen and women. They the, the stuff that they do is absolutely – I'm just still, like, thinking of this huge complex with all these cars and these racing engines. We'll have to take you. Yeah, I got I to gotta see it. I got to see what the look on the face of there is. They drive by their wagon. And they go, what is going on in there? <laughs> we'll have to take you and do another podcast and just get Jay's – We should do a uh, podcast sort of from there. Jay's view of it. Well, actually, that would be a good idea. Get a, Do a podcast and actually um, have one of the GMs from Mannheim on the podcast, and he can – he can tell us a little more about the numbers, about the amount of units. That, so, I'm all about podcasts on the go. I think yeah. you should get the auctioneer involved. Yeah, oh, I'm that one, right. sounds like fun. I, I'm, listen, I am still amazed how they can do that. And 
and still somehow you can really understand what they're saying and they're going that fast. I mean, it yeah. helps that like, there's a, there a, a big school for screen that? up and that shows the cars that are going in and the Yeah, the but see, that's all that Aaron and... knows. When Back in the day, there were no screens. <laughs> no. You that, really that's had That's how to I listen. know what's going on. I watch <laughs> the screen. I don't know. I can't understand them. <laughs> is there an auctioneering school? Yeah, that's there, there is. There has there to is. be. There it's is. like a yeah. different language. Yeah. It's cool. It's and it's like very the Amish. calculated and good. Right. Yeah. Like the Amish yeah. have a different language, Dutch German kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, in some lanes at the auto auction, will um, depending on the lane, uh, some will they'll they'll bid up in increments of fifty dollars even. Others on a car, others will bid up five hundred dollars. So every bid is another five hundred dollars. So you can imagine how fast that escalates up. Mm-hmm. Now uh, do they have a minimum start. It usually, usually, just like most auctions, they'll start at a number that's way too high. It's, it's, the car is, it, it's too high. That's too high. And they come down and they come down and they come down and they come down until they grab their first bid. And then and once then they, they grab that up. first bid, mm-hmm. then it starts to go back up. And then in a lot of cases, uh, you know, if things match up right, it'll actually go back up and start to get close it's kind of close to where they started, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of that's obviously kind of the goal. That high price that they start at, at the top is to give the the manufacturer suggested retail price. Sort of, it's to give the buyers sort of the expectation that this may go th- this. that this car should be yeah. you know worth something like that. Uh, it's always quite cons- usually a little bit uh, higher than that. A little bit of gamesmanship going on there. Yeah, bit. so you just got to wait. You know, you try not to be the first guy to jump back in because you don't know. They could have went down even further. And- <laughs> right. <laughs> so I usually am not the first guy in the ring. Uh, I usually wait until it starts to go back up before I start bidding. But, um, yeah, so that's that's the world of auto auctions. And, um, and that's the world that, that Aaron and I live in. And uh, and we love it, and we love to bring that knowledge to our customers, and we love to um, tell you more about it and uh, incorporate that into us potentially finding you your next car. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, this is another podcast that's running a little bit long. Aaron, do you have any news, uh, maybe a news story or two? Yeah, and then we'll just call a couple it? quick ones here. Um, I found this article interesting. So Costa Rica is currently reaching for a zero emission goal. Costa Rica may be small, but the Central American nation is a big player when it comes to the environment. In the late 1990s, Costa Rica emerged as a world leader in ecotourism and sustainability in order to protect its land. In an article by the New York Times, Costa Rica is implementing a series of new environmental policies to become Earth's first carbon neutral nation. In 2019, Costa Rica is set to gain its first carbon-neutral airline, Green Airways, and the airline will also plant a native tree for every ticket purchased. In 2022, the Costa Rican government hopes that 37,000 electric cars will be on its road. To meet the goal, the government plans to increase the electric car charging stations in the country to 61 from 20 by early 2019, and will allow electric cars under $30,000 to be purchased tax-free. Hmm. Wow, interesting. Good. That's great. Let them, you know, that's a perfect thing to do. I was um, zoning out. Sorry. Z- I didn't even hear what you were saying. <laughs> I was you looking- think, That's because he didn't have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Aaron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least he's honest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, well, so you know he has all the answers. That, he knows that's true. I knew right. right. about this article yeah. coming um, out. It didn't come from him. It's like you care less. You guys talked amongst yourselves. Yeah, that's it. He, in his head, he's just... I don't know why. I'm just looking at the computer. He's looking at his computer, and he's wondering, well, is this thing going to keep working? It's exactly what I was I, doing. I, I did... was looking at the computer going, how many of these keys are going to be sticky from now, when it made lemonade? But I think now. what we need to let people know, because I'm not sure we did in the beginning, was you said there was an accident. Well, it wasn't just... You know, it wasn't the other three of us that created the accident. Yeah, I created the accident. It was it, it was Mark that literally just yep. decided to throw his can of watermelon soda on. It, was, it is not watermelon it soda. Did Mark put the lemonade it's down? Lemonade with lemonade. real lemons. Yeah. Well, whatever that was. It, yeah. So I think we're good though. I think it, I think it's still working. All right. I promise. I promise to focus on this one. Go <laughs> okay. ahead. All right. So. Mercedes Benz is launching a line of baby strollers. The German company. Oh, you lost me. <laughs> 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 the German company Harten has, in collaborations with Mercedes Benz, is launching baby strollers, which features replicate versions of AMG wheels, which are finished in black and white, just like ones you'd find on the C class. Mm. It has also been fitted with an air chamber tire and even an adjustable suspension, making it easy just to maneuver. Just stop right there. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. We have one. lost our minds. Oh, I agree. And this is nothing. What are they thinking? Like, all I keep thinking is, oh, yeah, I, I'd really. Listen, have you bought a stroller lately? Have you? Oh, yeah. we had to buy it for our granddaughter. They're what are expensive you teaching your are. child if their first vehicle is a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> well, what the heck? Before they can even These walk. Things, they need a Mercedes <laughs> they're already expensive. Yeah. Like, and now i got to have all that, really. Yeah. And right. now you have AMG wheels AMG on wheels, it. really? Will be. And how yeah. much is that going to be? It's, it, it, did they say? It did not say in the article. Let's it's ask Mark. He has all the answers. Europe. How much are they, Mark? <laughs> I don't even want Do you know how much they are? It, it did not say. It's going to no. be for sale in the next month or so. No, you know what that means? Is they don't know. Europe. They're just like, uh, it's going to be $4,000. I mean, you have to be rich. to. If you're born and your baby stroller... Is a Mercedes. But let me ask you this: You're Do you really only want going to be walking down your neighborhood. There. Right. There's you, no, you you can't set the bar high at that to. that early on in life because you can only go down from. There. I just think it's a level of tacky. Like you know, you're going down your street and you're in your eh, my Mercedes right. buggy mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Really? How are you going to be a baby in a Mercedes buggy what? and then your first car no, is a 1987 Honda Civic? It's not happening in this neighborhood with me because no, we're no. not buying one of those. But and again, yes, yes. Just, I think we've said this a couple times that you know these uh, car manufacturers coming up with these great ideas in their head. It's you know the group of guys sitting around a table going, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a yeah, let's make baby stroller. Yeah. Well, how about just making a great car? Let's just let's stick to what we do. Let's just really get in on it and get some really great technology. Now let's just branch out. Like what? Like, where does that come from? Like, somebody's dream yeah. at night? Like, they, they wake up and then, oh, God, yeah, I got strollers. it. Maybe baby strollers. Maybe like, pop, pop wheelies and the, the baby, baby stroller there. And no. stroller. What, what was the one we talked about just a, a couple podcasts ago? Self-driving motorcycles. Oh, yeah. Like, what the heck good are those? They, right. They, they don't even serve a purpose. No. Like, you can pick up right. one person, I guess, and he, <laughs> the guy's going to stand up and he's scared. Is it, uh, yeah. what I got to do? See it's like saying? having an automated workout or something where you don't have to yeah. lift anything. They have that, by on. the way. They have that. Um, I was at. The, uh, they have that. I was at the fitness center, and they have a room in the fitness center with this really fancy new machine. Do you remember back in the seventies, the machine that you stood on and that belt went around you and it shook oh, you? Oh yeah. To um, our aunt to had one of those. Love shake that your, shake the fat off. 
Oh, well, we didn't have it. You know, you go to a friend's house and you'd be like, what is that thing? You they have them again, only they're yeah. a modernized version of it. You stand on this platform just shakes you. and the platform shakes, shakes, the shakes right you and it's you. supposed to shake the fat right off you. Oh, my gosh. I'll be there for 24 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have any teeth left. I'll chatter right out of my mouth. Yeah. But I'll be skinny again. Yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> so, it's, oh, whatever. Man. Uh, this uh, concludes the... Is this seven? Six. This is seven. Seven. Seventh seven. episode of the Grease and Glamour podcast. Wow, we've stuck with it this long. Look at that. <laughs> Next week, we're going to have Sam Samuel Farina, police chief of the Fairport Police Department, joining us. He's going to be talking about some cool things uh, and potentially some scary things when we talk about drinking and driving and distracted driving and those sort of things. Um, we've got a lot of really cool podcasts in the pipeline. Uh, I can't thank you all enough for listening to this podcast uh, and hopefully still liking us uh, after listening to it and I can't stress enough how much how appreciated it I would be and we would be if you would share this podcast on Facebook Instagram any of your social media outlets um, subscribe of course first yourself and then tell everybody you know about it try and get the word out um, we are growing. We have over uh, 200 downloads now, and uh, that was 100 more than we had a week ago. So little by little, but we're, we're, we're growing. We're it. growing. Uh, and if I just get to the Universal Imports customer base and beyond, that would be just wonderful. So until next time, I'm Mark Fierbacher. I'm Jay Lawrence. I'm Erin Kane. Andrea Montanti. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Grease Glamour Podcast. Good night.